Amen. Amen. You may be seated in his presence. Welcome, family. Welcome to those who are, are, are looking at us from the stream. Uh, we say we are so glad because when the word of God says this is the day, that means you're in the day. When he says this is the day that the Lord has made, you're in the day. And if you're in the day, God wants to be good to us. God wants to be faithful to us. He wants to show us who he is and reveal to us who he is. Because whoever God is, is what he does. Whatever, whoever God is, that's what he does. So he gives himself names. And one of the names that he gives himself is Jehovah Rapha. Amen. He, one of the names that he gives to himself for us is Jehovah Rapha. And that means I'm the Lord that healeth thee. Now we think of thee, put your name in there. He's healing me. He wants me healed. Amen. Hallelujah. So God loves us, but he knows if you're in this earth, you need healing. <laughs> See, God knows the end from the beginning. See, he knows what we need if you're in this planet. Understand this. There's no disease in heaven. There's no disease in heaven. Come on. There's no pain in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no heart trouble in heaven. Amen. There's no heart attacks in heaven. Come on. Come on. Nobody's anemic in heaven. Yes, Nobody in heaven is anemic. None. Nobody's in heaven has any crippling diseases. There's no cancer in heaven. Come on. That's why when the disciples saw Jesus doing what he was doing in his ministry, the Bible says he was going about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. And Jesus was declaring right then, he is, our, he is the source of sickness and disease. He is the source of sickness and disease. And you know what's so, so uh, uh, troubling is that many of us as believers, we don't know who the real enemy is. We think the enemy is of, our, of, of you that, that you associate with or, you, who, or those that you go to church with or those who are on your job or those in your community. No, 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 no. Jesus identified who the thief was. Right. Amen. And so for us to be ignorant of it, we're at his, we're at the devil's mercy. Mm. We're at the devil's mercy. Okay, and guess what? He don't have none. That's right. <laughs> he don't have no mercy. Right. He, doesn't, he doesn't have any mercy. Yeah. Only God has mercy. Mm -hmm. Amen. And you know what? The Bible says his mercies are new every morning. So that means if you had a bad day yesterday, get up today, you get some new mercies. You, Amen. You had some disappointments yesterday, get up today, you're going to get new mercies. Yeah. Amen. And Jesus is a God in whom we serve, in whom we love, and who we're so thankful for because God so loved us that he gave in him. Jesus was the word made flesh. He was always the word, but in order to get to the earth, you have to have a physical body. Mm -hmm. yes. So the Lord told, so Jesus told the Father, prepare me a body and I'll go down. 
And the reason he came down, because he realized every person on this planet, whoever gets to this planet, is going to need what he has already done and provided for them. As far as being well and being healed. It's amazing. It's, it's amazing. You know, being an athlete, I never had to wonder who the opposition was. I never had to wonder when I went to play a game who was going to try to cause me to lose. I never had to wonder who was going to try to stop me from winning. It was always the opposition. So whether that team is, where the counter they're from, let me tell you, we are going to the game. We know they're coming to stop us. It's amazing. That's natural. And that's on a ball diamond, a football field, soccer field. But I'm going to tell you what the field is, the earth. The earth is the field. The whole earth is the field. Okay? Now, with that said, when Jesus came, he knew about who the opposition was. You may call your opposition the team, whatever team you play against. They got a name, you got a name. So when I went to school, it's called Nether Providence, and then we play a school like Interboro. So we already knew. In the natural... We saw it. They saw us. We saw them. They were trying to beat us. We were trying to beat them. So we was our opposition, and, we, and they were our opposition, okay? So we understand that, okay? It's amazing that we don't understand spiritual opposition. We don't understand spiritual opposition. And, and Jesus came to do something. Jesus came from the Father to heaven to defeat the opposition that comes against you and I. When do you find out that you're sick? When do you find out that things ain't going right in your body? When do you find out that what you thought was just a headache could be a growth in your head? When do we find out that just going to the gynecologist and they find out, wait a minute, they see something else in your body. See, here, 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 here's the deal. See, we don't know how we're going to react until something happens to us, okay? And I found out that Jesus says in John 10.10 10, that the thief, why do you call him a thief? See, a thief don't come out in the daytime. Always comes out in the dark because he wants to be undetected. And Jesus said the thief comes to do three things. Three things, steal, kill, and destroy. Destroy what? Those who God loves. Who does God love? He loves the people in this earth. He loves, that's why John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever will believe in him shall not perish but have what? Everlasting life. Okay, now Jesus is here and he's letting us know in John 10, 10, he says, I'm coming that you might have life. I'm not taking life away from you. I come to give you life. Okay, and the thing that amazed me when he made that statement, he was talking to people like I'm looking at right now and, and those who are watching me. Those people were alive when he said it. He said something that got my attention. He said, I've come that you might have life. Now, if they had life, he wouldn't have to give what they might have. 
or what, might, what they might need. He said, I come that you might have life. I come to you that you might have something that you don't know you have until you get it from me. Because as I've come to know that life in this world is designed to take life out of you and not put it in you. And you don't have to be a rocket science to see that. Amen. Only one who loves us with an everlasting love came to give us life and give it to us more abundantly. Amen. Okay. Now, this morning we're going to start in uh, uh, Romans 10, 9. And we're going to do some teaching from uh, Isaiah 53. Now, this statement in Romans 10, 9, if you're born again, you know what I'm talking about. Those who don't know, I'm introducing to you right now. But it's so, the word of God is pregnant. The word of God is potent. Amen. So you got to like, when you come to the word of God, you got to drain it. Because there's going to still be some more water left. Amen. It's going to still be some more, something fresh still left. God's word is inexhaustible. Amen. It's always giving new facets, new revelations and insight to who God is. That's why he's called a wonder. Amen. He's amazing. He's incredible. Let me tell you something. God backs down to nobody. Nobody fears. God's fear of nobody. You can't intimidate God. He don't care if you get an attitude. He's he going to still be God. He don't care if you cuss him out. He's still going to be God. Amen. Amen. He's still going to be God. What, how we feel, what we think about God, what we think about Jesus, they're unmovable. Amen. They're unchanging. They're still going to be who they are. Amen. So mankind does not, infer, does not intimidate God because of what you think. He's not intimidated by us. How can the one who makes you be, in, be intimidated when he made. <laughs> How can the creator who said let there be light and it was light be intimidated by human beings? The ones he made. Amen. But God so loves us. Now, here in this scripture, very familiar scripture, but we want to go a little bit deeper in it and then we're going to go to Isaiah 53. Romans 10, 9. It says this, if we confess with our mouths, if we confess that thou, excuse me, if we confess that, hold it, Bible here, Romans 10, 9, excuse me. Okay, Romans 10, 9. That if thou shalt confess, now notice this, with your mouth. Everybody say you got to say something. See, the reason you have to say something, because what you're saying, you are identifying with, and you're saying that's me. Okay? All right? Now see, what do you confess to? You're going to have to take ownership of it. Okay? If, if you say I'm sick, you just took ownership. If you say, I don't feel good, even though you are feeling, you don't feel good. If you say that, you just took ownership of it. 
See? So what am I saying? If you have any type of weakness, illness, or whatever, the Bible says this, God watches over his word to perform it. He don't watch over me. He's going to watch over the word that I say or the word that I agree with. Okay, so when I say, I know that what the doctor said, he says, you got this. Okay. I thank God for what the doctors found, but I got to go back to the word and say what it says. That's right. I'm just teaching you a lesson. See, I know we, we say this, we, we say a lot of things, we just say it out of our mouths because we haven't been taught how to make the confession of what God says about us. Remember I said, he says, I'm the Lord that heals thee. Okay, but the pain says, I'm not healed. Okay, so we're not dismissing pain. We're not dismissing a doctor's report. But I got to confess, what did Jesus say? So here in this scripture, it says this. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be what? Saved. Now, we're going to go a little bit deeper in the word saved. We think that when we're saved, it's going to cause us to go to heaven. Okay? But it's that plus much more. It has to be a word that can apply to heaven and earth at the same time. It has to be able to apply What's going on? I'm going to go to heaven, but guess what? You that are looking at me, we ain't in heaven yet. <laughs> Come on. Amen. You're seeing me? I'm not in heaven yet. I'm looking at who's here? We're not in heaven yet. So this word save got to apply to heaven and earth. It has to apply to heaven and those who are on the earth as well. So when we look at this word, it's a Greek word. It's not an English word. It's a Greek word. And it's a Greek word that implies action. It implies action. Okay? And the word is sozo. S-O-Z-O. And it's such a, 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 an all-inclusive word that is mentioned 110 times in the New Testament. And you see, we need to take more of a serious approach to things when we keep seeing that thing mentioned over and over and over because God is trying to get something to us that we need to know. Okay? So the Bible says, by two or more witnesses, let every word of God be established. We got 110. <laughs> we got 110. So if you missed the first 10, heck, you got 100 more. Okay, now, I want to move on. It means, this word means to be saved. Okay? Two, it means to be rescued out from Satan's power. Paul said, we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. Why did he say that name, Satan's devices? Because he has devices unknown to us, but when it shows up, you will feel it. Yeah. 
Okay? So it says, to be rescued out from under Satan's power and restored into wholeness. To be rescued from under Satan's power, to be restored unto wholeness, into the wholeness of God. Okay? What, what, is, what is God's order? Wellness. What is God's order? Health. What is God's order? Strength. Okay? That's God's order. That's the one who so loved the world's order. That's why he sent his son. Okay? It also means this. Save from eternal punishment for sin. Okay? Save from eternal punishment from sin. Okay? It also means to be healed. From what? To be healed of disease. There's no disease in heaven. Where is it? Right here. There's none in heaven. No disease up there. It's all here. Okay? It also means to be delivered from demonic oppression. This is an all-inclusive word. See, we think we just, we just get saved, we just go to heaven. Until you get to heaven, you got a battle to contend with. The Bible says we got to fight the good fight of faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you don't hear the word of God, you won't have faith to be healed. Because the pressure of what a doctor says will start weighing down on you. And I've had that firsthand. I'm going to go over this real quick. 79, my wife came down with cancer cells. Our kids were five, four, and two. If that had taken her out, my kids would have lost a mother. I have to be looking for somebody else to marry to help me take care of my kids. This is no game, guys. And when she came home and she said that C word, we're not talking about the Atlantic Ocean. When she, when she came and said the C word, my heart went right to my, my feet. It's almost like it just dropped. It wasn't until I was told what we're going to teach about today that caused her to get healed without operation, chemo, none of that. Okay? We've had some encounters with bad reports. Our youngest son, football player, 18, playing in a game, catches a winning touchdown. I got it on tape because we take the games or coach tape and then give me the tape and I, I would look at it. And he catches it near the end of the game so we could win. And when he got down, okay, he scored a touchdown and the ball slips out of his hand. Now it's a touchdown, but he went to pick it up and it slid through his hands. What happened? He had some temporary paralysis. He had a mini stroke. 
And when the doctors looked at him and said, he's too young to have a mini stroke, use that for older people. But the devil doesn't care whether you're old or young. And I remember he missed three games. And see, what I, what I found out was, thank God we knew the word. I had to have something to cling on because I heard what the doctor said. And when the doctor said he was too young to be having a, a mini stroke, then we knew it was another realm. Okay, and so long story short, all good, goes to college, goes to the pros, all good. But the enemy was trying to, this is what the Bible calls, why die before your time? It's once appointed a man to die, then the judgment. But it's also, Ecclesiastes says, why die before your time? What would cause you to die before your time? The devil. So that you can't fulfill your potential. Because every human being that's born on this earth by the Heavenly Father that lets you come through the womb of your mother. Every one of us. God wants you to come. There's certain people you're supposed to impact that I can't. There's certain people you got to impact that I can't. Amen. But God wants us to touch them for him. Amen. And so. So when I see this word. It included my wife's situation. It included my son's situation. And it would include yours too if you believe what God said. Let me tell you something. You, you don't get a holiday from the devil. He's always plotting and scheming how he can help take you out. He doesn't stop. And so the reason, a reason... Paul says why many people have trouble understanding or even believing what I'm saying. It's because he said the devil blinds your mind so you can't see. It's in the scriptures. He blinds the minds of them lest they believe. He don't want you to see what he's doing. He's incognito. And so I found out from that point on, this ain't a game. A lot of times people say, you know, what you don't know won't hurt you. I'm here, to, I'm here to go on record with another sister who told me this. What you don't know will kill you. It's not a game, guys. Your wife is important. Your son's important. Your husband's important. Your nieces, nephews, they're important. Your family, your neighbors, they're important. And I remember going to Bible school and I was told or ta and taught by Dr. Lester Summerall. And he said to the students, he says, every generation has to be evangelized. The next has to know what God did for them through Jesus Christ. Every generation. Now, listen, we're married. We just celebrate 49 years. Amen. Amen. We got we got four kids. OK. Now they're married. And now I got 10 grandkids. Okay? But what if my wife wasn't healed? What if my son was taken out by that situation? Okay? I couldn't stand to tell you. But 
But I got somebody sent me this word, which I'm getting ready to talk to you about, that I didn't even know was in the Bible. Because at that time, I was just preaching, but I wasn't pastoring. I like in pastoring being married, just preaching, being single. Single, you don't have that much responsibility. But, but when, you're, when you're married, okay, you got a responsibility. Okay? And God loves us. God doesn't hate. Listen, he doesn't even hate the sinner. He just wants the sinner to help him stop sinning because the Bible says this, the wages of sin is death. And I liken that to going on a job, and at the end of the week, you get wages. Monday, but you don't get paid to Friday. So every day, wages are building up. I'm not playing, guys. When the wages get to the point, it can take you out. You can do drugs. And I read people say it was accidental. Uh-uh. It builds up. The next thing you know, you're out. Oh, yeah. It's not a game. It's not a game. See, I like to shoot straight. I, I'm never, it's, I just can't. Listen, when you play baseball, it's either ball or a strike. It ain't something else. See, we say it's close, but that ain't a ball, nor is it a strike. It's close. Okay, and see, everybody wants to tap dance because they don't want to go on record. <laughs> see, they don't want to go on record. They don't want to go on record. See, they want to stay like laissez-faire because what you confess, that's what you identify with. What you say identifies to you. And therefore, Jesus has to be our personal Lord and Savior, not our group. Lord and Savior. You have to make a personal confession because that's you saying, this is what I am. This is what I believe. Amen. This is what I believe. Okay. So you're going to go, you're going to know what I believe. So I got to say it. Okay. We, we, we make the word of God generic. Faith. Got my faith. Okay. What does that mean? I mean, I heard as a politician, he's talking about faith. Faith in what? Faith in what? You have to go on record and confess, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You have to confess with your mouth. Then that's your face talking. And your face is identifying who are you having faith in. So when we say that Jesus is our healer, that's what we're saying we got faith in. So you don't have to guess. You ain't got to do no speculation. What did he say? What did he mean? See, when you get married, when you say, I do, you're, you're, you're listening to your faith. This is who I'm marrying? I do to this person, not that person, not those persons. I agree with this one. When I said I do to my wife, I was saying I do to Doreen Burton. <laughs> so, so, and nobody else. Amen. I was making a confession. In my heart, what I believe, I want you to marry me. Okay? So I went on record. A lot of times, people don't go on record. They just throw out something you got to figure out. What did they say? What did they mean? Who do they love? Who do they like? No, no, no. Jesus said this about his word. My word is the truth. He didn't say true. He says, I'm the way. Now, see, you can't handle this if, if, you, if you got any issues and, and, and you're not specific, then you will have issues. 
But when Jesus walked earth, he said this and didn't blink. He says, I'm the way. I am. What's that mean? And nobody else is. He says, I'm the way. I'm the truth. What does that mean? Everything else is a lie. And then he says, I'm the life. He's making this about himself. But let me tell you something. He backs up. He backs it up. Then he says, I'm the life. That means everything else got death attached to it. Okay. You got to read the word of God slow. Just don't, just run through it. You want, God, you want the spirit of God to start revealing this thing to you. That's why I say study. Okay. Okay. Meaning, when we talk about study, we're just talking about you need to read the word because when you read it, your eyes going to look at it. Then it gets in your eye gate. Okay. Whatever comes to your eyes is going to dictate to you, whether it's the word or not. Okay? If you get your eyes in front of dinner, <laughs> you're going to start getting hungry. You want to eat because your eyes saw it. Okay? Now let's move on. Let's move on. Okay. I want us to turn to Isaiah 53. How much time you got, Gabe? Just tell me. Because whatever you say, I got earplugs in. Okay. Are you ready? Isaiah 53. We're only going to read. This is the, we're only going to read. Isaiah 53. We're only going to read. Uh, here we go. Out of Isaiah 53, we're going to go read two verses, four and five, four and five. But I need to mention the first verse. Okay, then we're going to come down. And it starts off by saying, who? Now notice this. He didn't put nobody's name there. Okay, now it says, who? hath believed our report. Okay? Now, who is the hour? The Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and nobody else. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They all moved, they were all in the beginning in Genesis. They were all there again. Okay? So God has a report. And the report has to do with who his son is and what his son did. Who his son is and what he did or what he came to do. Put it that way. Okay. We got a lot of reports. You got report cards. You got doctor reports. You know, we got, you got a report in your business. You know, Dow Jones reports, whatever. It's, it's a report. Okay. But the Bible says, and God didn't include any of us. He's speaking to himself and speaking to those who were here. So he gives this to the prophet Isaiah. And, and it is, whose report? Whose report? Okay. All right. 
Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm? Now, this is my arm. It said the arm of the Lord, didn't it? Mm -hmm. Guess what? It's still going. <laughs> the arm of the Lord wraps up heaven and earth. That's the, that's the reach of it. So the arm of the Lord it was revealed. In other words, it's made known to. Okay? It's made known to those who want to believe it. Who hath believed our report and to whom are the arms revealed? Okay? Now, here we go to uh, verse 4. Are we ready? It says what? He bore what? What did he do? He bore whose griefs? Whose? Ours. That's everybody on the planet. But the thing about God, he want to be personal. It got to go from ours to mine. You got to be personal when you come to the Lord. Okay? It says, he bore whose? Ours. Okay? He bore our griefs. Now, get ready. We've got a lesson going on. Either get this broadcast or write it down. We're going to go slow. What does bore mean? It's a Hebrew word. Oops. Spell N-A-S-A. Okay, and that word means to bear or carry. Carry what? Our griefs. Ain't no grief in heaven. Grief is on the planet. Okay. Okay. And then it says griefs. Okay. The Hebrew word for grief is spelled C-H- O-L-I-Y. C-H-O-L-I-Y. Okay? He bore, our, he bore our griefs, okay? And so we found out what that meant, but the griefs is sicknesses. Mm. <laughs> He's telling you what he did. Okay? Next one says he carried. That word carried in the Hebrew is C-A-B-A-L. Okay, when you carry something, that means you're bearing it. All right? So he was bearing our griefs. He was bearing our sicknesses. And then it says, and our sorrows. Okay? So... Sorrows is the word M-A-K, like, I guess, hyphen, a little accent. accent. Thank you. O-B. Macab. Macab. Okay. M-A-K hyphen O-B. That means our sorrows. That's called physical and mental pain. We've got a lot of people with emotional pain. A lot of mental pain. And it didn't come from God. It came from the enemy that you, we know nothing about. When God first made the first man, 
They had, no, they had none of these issues. It wasn't until Satan came, talked them out of what they had, didn't know they had, and thought what he said was more important than what God said. Wow. See, every thought that comes through our mind is not your thought. The three thoughts are going to come to our heads while we're on this planet. It's going to be God's thought, your thought. The devil said, wait a minute, I'm going to give him a thought too. That's why the Bible says you got to cast down every thought and bring it subject to the knowledge of God. You've got to stand up to the truth. If a thought comes and it don't match what God says, you got to kick it out. Where we're going, abounding grace, we, God has taken us. We have to become We have to take the word of God and we got to make it our own for us and this ministry. We've got to, we've got to embrace it. Okay, we have to embrace it. Okay, and that's part, one of, healing is one of the pillars of our church. Okay. And, 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 and the one thing we need, we've got to be equipped. We've got to be equipped with what God said, his word. You can't play a game, football, without equipment on. Okay? So we've got to be equipped with the word of God so that each one of us know. Our children can know this. They can be taught at a young age what God said. And God will let them process it according to who they are. He will. He will. Matter of fact, when you have a baby, you can lay your hands and just say the word of God over them. If Mary, if Mary telling Elizabeth about who she was carrying, and when Elizabeth hear it, her baby leaped. What does that mean? That baby responded to the good news that she was carrying Jesus. Made her baby leap. But with inside, that's just how close God can get. He's right there. That's why when you're carrying a baby, you say what God says about the baby. Amen. Because understand, Every child is the next generation. And they're going to need to know what we're talking about right now. Amen. Amen. So what we do, we represent the present. So we've got to make sure the present is sound. They represent the future so they can have one. But they don't have my, that's what's wrong with home. We ain't present as parents. Then they mess up their future. See, the devil ain't after you parents. He's trying to get you out the house so he can get them. Get the man out the house so he can get them. It's not a game, guys. It's not a game. This is so serious. Understand this. You value to God. You're precious to God. And God holds each of us, each of you, in high esteem. You're valuable to God. 
Life will devalue you. There's no, there's value in heaven. Everybody in heaven has value. That's why they're there. They're precious to God. And we got to let his will be done in us like it is in where? Heaven. Okay. That's how I was to go. Okay. So the next one. So we found that he carried. I mean, he bore, he carried it. He bare. Okay. He did this in his body, guys. Okay, and our sorrows are physical and mental pains. Okay, then it goes on to say, yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God. What's the word esteem? It's C-H-A-S-H-A-B. Okay, it means to make judgment. Okay, and then it says him stricken. What does stricken mean in the Hebrew? N-A-G-A hyphen. Stricken, plague. This Hebrew word, it means a plague. Okay, and then he was smitten. The word smitten means in the Hebrew, N-A-K-A-H. N-A-K-A-H. It means slaughter. That's what they did to Jesus on the cross. We're going to come back to that one. Crucifixion was a slaughter, guys. We got people wearing a cross around and jewelry and all that kind of stuff. If you, if you, if you wore what happened to Jesus, you wouldn't wear it. Okay. And then it says... Smitten. We told you it means slaughter. And then it goes on and says, he was wounded. Now notice this. For whose transgressions? Ours, mine, and yours. Not his own. Wounded means, in Hebrew, C-H-A. L-A-L. C-H-A-L-A-L. That's the Hebrew word for it. Okay. And it means, wounded means he was defiled. Defiled. D-E-F-I-L-E. Wounded for what? Our transgressions, not his, ours. Okay, what's that in the Hebrew? It's P-E-S-H-A. P-E-S-H-A. Okay. Transgression means rebellion. Okay. He was bruised for our iniquities. Again, ours, not somebody else's, ours. Okay. This word bruise is spelled D-A-K-A hyphen. D-A-K-A hyphen. It means to crush. When Jesus was on that cross, they crushed him. Yes, they, did. they crushed him. He was slaughtered and he was crushed. And when you're slaughtered and crushed, you don't know who you are. When somebody gets slaughtered and crushed, you, you don't even know who they are. 
And then, not only was he bruised, it was for our iniquities. So iniquities is the Hebrew word hyphen, A-V-O-N. And that means perversity and sin. Perversity is what you should be, you're not. You go against the structure of God. When he said he made a man and female, okay, perversely, you just go the opposite. But guess what? He still had us in mind. He was brewed for what? Our iniquities. Showing he still loves you. He just ain't approving of it. Okay, let's go on. Okay, then the next one is the chastisement. For our peace was upon him. Chastisement in the Hebrew is M-U-W-C-A-R. Something like mucar. So if I'm pronouncing it wrong, forgive me. I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but I can spell Okay. Amen. Thank God. Okay. That word means discipline and correction. Chastisement is not punishment. Chastisement is discipline and correction. That's what it means. So when God comes to our life, he's going to discipline us. He's going to bring correction. He ain't bringing hate. Okay. Okay. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. The word peace is shalom. S-H-A-L-O-W-M-N. S-H-L-O-W-M-N. And that word shalom means welfare. That word means health. That word means prosperity. That word means peace. And when you have shalom, you have welfare, health, prosperity, and peace. So when Jesus took that beating, he was making sure you could have shalom. Why wouldn't we want Jesus? He's going to give us shalom. You won't give it on this planet. But we're supposed to, as believers, we're supposed to take what God says from heaven and bring it down here where we live because we need it here. And then it says, by his stripes, we are healed. That word healed in Hebrew is Rapha, R-A-P-H-A hyphen. R-A-P-H-A. P-H-A hyphen. Heal, it means this. Cure, he's the cure. Mm. How did the people of Israel get out of Egypt being slaves? They got the cure. Mm. Over millions came out. And the Bible says, when a feeble one among them, 
slave for over 400 years under the satanic pharaoh. That's what the devil is. He's a, he's a satanic pharaoh trying to keep you in bondage. They was there for 400 years and God got them out. Because he was a healer. If you've, been, if you've been in bondage over any length of time, you're going to feel weak when you get out. Okay? You need to be cured. He's cure. That will say the word Rafa means cure. It means heal. And it means to make whole. See, what we don't understand is that <clears throat> when, when Jesus went to that cross, he took an intense whipping. And on, and then uh, Psalm 22, let's go there. Psalm 22. The psalmist is telling how intense it was. Psalm 22. And we're looking at verse 14, and we're going to 19. Psalm 22, verses 14 to 19. Are we there? Amen. Okay. Are you there? Amen. Okay. Starting at verse. Fourteen. This is explaining the intensity. I'm, Jesus on the cross. This is what he's saying about. I'm poured out like water. If you pour it out, it means it's running. It means it's leaving. The life in him was running out of him. And all my bones are out of joint. We will explain that later. Out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. 15. My strength is dried up like a potter's shirt. That means the life was draining out of him. He was on that cross. His body was all broken up. Life leaving him. He said, my tongue is cleaving to my jaws. For that to happen, it's an awful beating. They beat him to his tongue, went to his jaws. And thou hast brought me into the dust of death. 16, for dogs have compassed me like an assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. Remember all the people around the cross making fun of him and all that kind of stuff? You got to know that... Uh, uh, they, they hit Jesus before he even got to the cross. And didn't try to say, well, who hit you? Who hit me? You don't, can you tell who hit you? Mm-hmm. He took an awful beating. It wasn't something like, you see a cross and Jesus on it. He didn't look like that. He looks like Psalm 22. Man can't begin to fathom what he looked like for getting beat because they have not in their imagination. And even when we had uh, 
Back in the day when they had that picture about Jesus and they whipped him, guess what? You could still see the, the skin because no man can take that. They can't take it. No human being can take that. God had to send his son to take it for us because we were, we were sinners. We had turned our back on God. We went to do our own thing, fulfilling the lust of our flesh. Who raped for me and the heck with you. This is my life. I don't care if I hurt you, it's my life. I don't care if I disappoint you, it's my life. I'm tired of you telling me not to drink. I'm tired of you telling me not to do drugs. It's my life. I'm tired of you telling me that I'm shacking up. I'm tired of you telling me. I don't care that I'm devaluing this girl because I have no value for her because I don't have the love of God in me. The love of God is what values us. God will never disgrace you. Life will. I'm tired of you telling me to hang out with the wrong crowd. It's my life. I'm tired of you telling me not to get high. I'm tired of you telling me not to do coke. I'm tired of you telling me that I'm cheating on my wife. I'm tired of you telling me rebellion. And Jesus took that whipping for your rebellion. If Jesus does not intercede for us, we're lost. If he doesn't give you authority over the devil, your ship has sunk. Your family's over. Where, was it? Where did I end up at? I'm sorry. What verse? I'm at 15? Again, my strength is dried up like a potter's shirt. My tongue cleaveth to my jaws. And thou hast brought me into the dust of death. 16, for dogs have compassed me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I may tell, I may tell all my bones, they look and stare upon me. How can your bones stare upon you in your skin? They can't. Verse 18, they part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. Remember, they was down in the cross, gambling for his, his garments? Yeah. Verse 20, deliver my soul from the sword and my darling from the power of the dog. Now, what we've got to realize, that, that whipping was intense. Okay? So when we look at verse 17, 
it gives the uh, severity of this being whipped for our healing. He says, I count all of my bones. How can you, can you count your bones right now? Can you count them? You may know how many bones you have. Okay, but you can't see them. You may be able to feel them or whatever that is, but you can't see them. It's a good when you can feel them, but when you see them, that means you've got a compound fracture. Something has to happen for your bones to be revealed. Okay? So when Jesus was beat, verse 17 says, I count all my bones. That's called horrible suffering. The bones in his body were exposed. In order to count them, you got to see him. He saw them. In order for him to be able to count his bones, that means his skin, muscles, ligaments, tendons, and nerves had to be ripped apart. He was slaughtered. For what purpose? So that we might be saved. His nerves were ripped apart. The blood was spilled as they whipped him to pieces for the payment for our emotional and physical healing. Mm -hmm. We have to realize what Jesus has done for us. And it's not a game, guys. It's not a take it or leave it. You need to be well your whole life, not some of it. We need to be healed our whole life and not part of it. We need to be whole our whole life and not some of it. Amen? And so we have to press into. We have to press into. We have to press into our faith and our love and our appreciation to God and for God. Right now, sometimes when you get healed, you can get what we call, I ain't going to say incomplete, not all the way. Because one time, 10 lepers came to Jesus, and they had leprosy. And when Jesus healed them, he told them to go, and on their way, they were, they were being healed. Yeah. Okay? They were just listening to what he said. He said, go. And he started walking. And as they were going, they was getting healed. That wasn't an instantaneous one. But who cares as long as you get healed? <laughs> okay? Okay, so I went to the doctor, and they said they had arthritis in my shoulders. So then I went to the uh, uh, did physical therapy. I also went to LA Fitness. And I remember I got a trainer, and I told him what I had. He tried to give me some exercise. And I said, I'm hoping I get well. He said, no, you won't. No, you won't, because he knows, but they don't know, they don't know him. <laughs> okay? So I got a, a leper's healing. I'm going, and now I can do this. Yeah. And now I can do this. Yeah. Now listen, listen. I've been going, but I had to say what he said while I had this. Yeah. 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 They got on my doctor report. You got arthritis, osteoporosis. As I went, I got to say what God says. As I go, I got to say, I keep believing in Jesus. You said, Jesus. I know what they said, but what did you say? 
because you watch over your word to perform it. That's when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. You can be saved, healed, delivered, and set free. Seventy-three still got activities. Still jogging by the grace of God. God is no respecter of persons. He's no respecter of persons. And because of what happened to my wife, the Bible says, when you see somebody in that condition, you pray for them because of what God did for you. You may be listening to me and you got cancer. But God don't want you to have cancer. He wants you healed because it's in Jesus to prove it. He's called Jehovah Rapha. Not just a name. That's his character. Okay? That's what he does. So the Bible says he went out doing good and healing. Just read the Bible. You ain't going to find this in the, on them tabs, on them different magazines when you go, through the, go to shopping. Go to grocery store and they got them stuff up there. Everybody's life is jacked up. Why? Because the enemy's trying to get you to look at something that can't heal you. Can't keep your marriage together. Can't keep your kids together. As a parent, growing up as a pastor, preacher, you never know what your kids, how they feel about you. Or what they think about you. You're going, because they go to school, they ain't hearing this. When they play ball, they ain't hearing this. When they go to college, they ain't hearing this. So as I obligated them, Bob says, train them up. Train them up. Tell them about Jesus, what he did. So when they get out there, they'll know how to conduct themselves. So you got to understand, us as parents, here's the family, husband and wife, that's the family. What are the children? They're the start of another one. So we're 73 now, so now our kids are all married. They got their own. But while we was being the parent, they were being the children, and we were not intimidated by our kids. My parents were intimidated by us when I was growing up. My mom wasn't afraid of me. My dad wasn't afraid of me. Because of my parents, they didn't drop the ball on parenting. That's back there in the 60s. They didn't have the rod. They had the strap. Okay? They said words to us. They spoke to us. But they should tell us a hard head will make us soft behind. And that's why we got it right here. That's why God made this. It took us right here. That's why he made it. And something, when you get hit back here, it registered here. Yeah. You know, I ain't doing that no more. No, it registered. Boom, boom. 
registered. And so then, one of the greatest compliments, I'm getting very close, that ever happened to me as a parent, when my daughter Joy said to me about patience, Ike and Mark, and she included herself. She said, Dad, you thought we wasn't listening. You keep on telling your kids what God says. You keep on, so you gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep repeating, okay, until change comes. Don't, don't, you don't get mad at their attitudes, you keep telling them what the word says. You just keep telling them, because God has given them to you. And when she said that, I said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I did, because you never know when they leave the house, who they're going to be with, what they're going to do. So I have the same challenge as every other parent. When your kid leaves the house, you hope they come back. Yes. You can, when they leave the house, you don't, you don't breathe until they come back into the house. So we just got to do what God says because of what Jesus did. And so you may have cancer, but I want to tell you that when Jesus went to that cross, the stripes that put on his back is for your healing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so when you hear the word, faith comes. That's how God set up how it works. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. See, anything you hear, you can put faith in it. But we're talking about if you got cancer, you want to put faith in the God who can heal. So I'm just going to stretch my hand. Just, you can touch the screen or just, just touch some part of your body. Father, we just thank you so much that you love those who are looking at me right now and even those who are here. And Lord, you took the cancer in your body because you didn't want them to have it. And so right now, I take authority over the spirit of cancer. I take authority over the spirit of premature death in Jesus' name. I curse every cancerous cell in your body. I curse tumors in your body now in Jesus' name. I command them tumors to be dried up by the power of God in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, I command you to be cancer-free in Jesus' name. On the authority of his word, I command you to be healed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, be healed of your cancer now in Jesus' name, because faith is now. So, Father, I give you glory and I give you praise, Father. I give you glory and I give you praise. If you're, if, you're, if you're sensing having emotional issues in your mind, Father, I speak to every emotional condition. I, spirit, I speak to the spirit of that which has caused your mind to be un at unrest. I command your mind to be restored. I command every negative emotion to go from you now in Jesus' name. I reach the peace of God to your heart and I peace it to your mind in Jesus' name. Because he, he healed you from your emotional challenges in Jesus' name. So I command you to be free of it. Be free of it. Let the peace right now begin to just come upon your heart, upon your mind in Jesus' name.
In Jesus' name. God loves you with an everlasting love. And I want to say this. If you're a young person, the time to start learning about healings while you're young. Go in the Word, the Scriptures, to let you know what God said for your healing. And you can start building up about this. And so when you get older, when a, when a physical challenge comes, you're already fortified that you can speak to it. That's why you have to confess what you're about. You got to say it. You got to say, I'm healed. I believe I'm healed. When that man on the, on us, on the link, he prayed for me, I believe the word that he spoke concerning God, concerning my situation. I believe it, and I take it by faith, and I receive my healing. It's already begun to work. Lift your hands and thank him for it. You begin to thank God. Wherever God does, you thank him for it. Wherever God does, you give him praise for it. He gets all the glory, not us. He gets the glory. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Is anyone in here challenged with any type of sicknesses or pains or anything? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We give you glory, God. We give you honor. Hallelujah. David said, the Lord is on my side and I will not fear what man can do unto me. The fear of man will snare you up. It's almost like a cowboy tying you up in a rope when you fear people. You got invisible ropes around you walking like this because you fear man. The Bible says, why fear a man who can die? So we bless you, Lord. We give you praise. We give you glory, God, for your faithfulness. We thank you for abounding grace, Father, in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, that we're going to press in. We're going to press in, God, because you want us to be conduits for those, God, in this earth, God, in Jesus' name, who are battling sickness and disease, pain, emotional trauma. So, Father, we bless you. We come to agree with heaven, Lord. We come to agree with heaven. Cause your will to be done in this house as it is in heaven. We thank you, Lord. We can't thank you enough. We can't bless you enough. The Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. Only men can lie. When I say men, I'm talking about women too, boys and girls can lie. But God can't lie. Okay. He cannot deny himself. The Bible says if he said it, he will do it. If he spoke it, he will make it good. So that's where we put our trust in today. So, Father, we thank you for the fellowship. We thank you for the congregation. We thank you, Lord, for who you are and what you're doing. And we say yes to you, Father. We say yes to you, Lord. We say yes. And we thank you for drawing us closer. We thank you, Lord, for causing us to become closer to you. See, God is a God about relationship. And relationship means two people in the same ship. Okay? So that means proximity. Amen? You can't be on a, on a loading dock. You got to be on the ship together with him. And God wants to reveal to you, he wants to show you just how good he is. He wants to reveal and show to you that he really loves you. He's on your side. Amen. He's for you because he wouldn't let Jesus go through all this for you to stay sick, stay disappointed, stay frustrated, stay mad, stay angry, stay bitter. No. All those things I just mentioned, those are works of the devil. You can't manage anger. 
That's man talking. The Bible said, be angry not. Be angry. But don't sin. That means soon somebody make you mad, get over it. Because of the energy. And see, you don't understand. Satan knows why you're mad today. You went into a week, a month, a year, all of a sudden, now he's working in your organs to make you sick. So Paul said, we ain't ignorant of his devices. So I'm saying, somebody make me mad, I gotta come to the point. Passe vous. Yeah, man, I'm not, it ain't funny. You can get bitter and cause your bones and stuff to come like that. It'll drop your bones. So, Father, we thank you. We give you glory. We give you praise. Pastor Walton.